Amen. Well, we've been following Jesus up into Passover week, Holy Week. And I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning to John chapter 12. Let's just go straight to Scripture this morning. Let's all stand. John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. This is the triumphal entry. This is what was going, this is what was happening on that day. That, uh, so many years ago, uh, Jesus was coming in to, uh, Jerusalem and, uh, the people had heard about all of his, uh, uh, miracles and they were excited. And this is what happened. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon him as it is written, do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to speak the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I pray as we look at the last, uh, one of the last miracles that Jesus did, that we would believe that he has power to speak life into dead things. And I pray this morning that in these next few moments that you would speak to us and help us to hear. And each one that needs to hear this morning, I pray would respond. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The last week of Jesus is a whirlwind you you have to realize that uh he's got lots of things he has to get done as you as you read the scriptures you could see jesus almost thinking i need to do this because it was prophesied i need to do this because someone was gonna at his last moments on the cross he remembers i need to say i'm thirsty because some prophet said it hundreds of years ago and so jesus is on the way to the cross and literally he's running to the cross people think that jesus was had to be drugged to the cross and that he didn't want to go and and he didn't want to go through it but jesus walked headlong into the cross stepped up on the cross and would have nailed himself to it if it had to be done because he had to die that way and he was going to do it and he did it and so this last week we see uh that uh he is uh predicting to his disciples i'd like for you if you could to read from 12 on through the end of john this week chapter 12 all the way to the end because it talks about the last week of jesus it shows him when he goes into Pilate and goes into herod and and they really didn't want to kill him but it was the way that god had set it out to be and all these things that he had been doing was moving him even closer to the cross and as we see and look at the miracles that he did each one 
shows a different characteristic of who God is. The water into wine shows that he controls even the little things, that God's interested in the little things that we're interested in. He heals a child, and, and that was a long ways away. He moves over time and space. He is not contained by, by uh, time and space. Je- Jesus heals the invalid, uh, and, and we learn that just because things have always been that way, they don't have to stay that way. Uh, we talked that Sunday morning about there's no excuses. When Jesus comes and says, do you want to be healed? We have no more excuses. Someday I'll tell you a story about that, but it was really good what God did out of that deal. But, but God comes to us and says, no more excuses. The five loaves and the two fish. We learn that when we bring God our little, when we take what we have and add God to it, there is nothing that he can't do. He takes care of the big things. And then last week we heard about and learned about God in the storm with us. God is there. We may not be able to see him. We may not be able to hear him, but he sees us and he is with us. And God is in the storm. And one of the last, uh, towards the end of his uh, uh a ministry. Jesus uh, heals a blind man on the Sabbath, and the and the people and the the leaders are all upset about him on that thing. And 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 so this is all leading up to what Jesus is about to do. And it's interesting to see that that uh, when when we talk about the blind guy, and I didn't preach about that one, but I just wanted to put that one in there. They got mad because the blind guy got healed on Sabbath. They didn't, they weren't excited that the blind guy could see. They were mad that he got healed on the Sabbath. The, 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 the church leaders were all upset at Jesus. And as I've been studying, and we're going to study a little bit about it this week as we go through, it's interesting to see how much that Jesus speaks to the church on the last week of his life. You would think that he'd be out trying to find the lost, the people that were saved, but Jesus speaks a lot into the life of the church the last week. But this morning, we're going to celebrate Jesus coming into Jerusalem. We're going to celebrate Jesus and the miracles that he'd done, And, and this is where they were. They were celebrating all the things that he had done. The Pharisees hated it. And they said, you know, in one of, this, one of the, the gospels, it said, he says, make these guys quit. And Jesus said, if I had made them quit, the rocks would cry out. Jesus was coming. And the thing that was, and the thing that was going to bring uh, finally an end to, to hell, death, and the grave was, was happening. And they, he couldn't get them to be quiet because they had heard of the miracles that he had done. And specifically one. And it was the raising of Lazarus. The others had people talking, but this one was the one that really pushed him over the edge. This was the one that was spreading and, 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 the, and the story was growing and, and he had brought someone back to life. Jesus had saved the best for last. And each, each miracle we see is building on the other and is showing that, that Jesus cares about the little things, that he could provide for us, that he can heal us when we're sick, that he can provide food for us to eat. But he doesn't just stop there. Jesus is one of the last miracles he shows that he has power over the grave. Jesus can speak life into dead things. If you go over to chapter 11, verse 4, 
It said, he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus hears about Lazarus. He hears about what's going on. And he, he's, in one of the, one of the uh, gospels, he says, I'm glad this happened because people are going to learn about this and believe the goal for all of the things that Jesus was doing was so that people would believe so that people would trust in him and if you go through all that Jesus is doing he is saying that all all of the only thing that matters the only thing that matters in what we do is if someone will come to a place where they believe in who he is this story was not just for the people of that day. The story of Lazarus is for anyone who's ever read the story. The story of Lazarus is for us this morning. The story of Lazarus may be for someone this morning who doesn't believe who God is, but after you read this story this morning, you may believe it is, it is for us. And so as we hear this, uh, we have to know that this is for us, that God seeks to speak. He seeks to heal people today. He seeks to speak life into places where there is death. And if they only have faith. And so this morning, I want you to, to, to listen to the different things that, that God is doing. And, and that is, is for each of us. Uh, Jesus can, wants to help in any situation. Jesus wants to bring life into any situation where you think that all hope is gone have you ever been in a situation and some of you probably are right now where you say i pastor i can't see any hope i cannot see how this is ever going to work out good i'm sorry pastor maybe you have faith and maybe you have uh, some insight in it but where i'm at today i cannot see how this is ever going to work out good can you imagine what it was for Lazarus' family? Lazarus has been in the grave for four days. There's not any hope left. They said, Jesus, if you'd have come sooner, things would have been different, but now it's done. And Jesus says these words, I am the resurrection and the life. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's happening, but they are in a place where they have lost hope and so jesus comes to this particular miracle to show them that he has power over death he knows good and well that in just a few short days he will be in his own grave and he will be asking them to believe that he can come out of that grave too he wants to show them that there, that there is hope after the grave, that he has power over the grave so that when they're faced with that situation, when they're in the same place where he's been in the grave so long, there's no way he'll come out that they'll remember Lazarus was in the grave. Lazarus had been there for four days. Jesus spoke and Lazarus came up. So when they heard that Jesus came up, that they would be able to believe too. This miracle is to get them ready for the greatest miracle of all times to get them in the mindset that they can believe have you ever you ever noticed that it's easier to believe something if you've already seen it before somebody say well someone so happened this this happened and and i can't believe that it happened oh yeah i've seen that before yeah i can believe that happened 
Jesus wanted it to where when he came up out of the grave that they would be going back and they say, hmm, he had power over Lazarus. He, he has power over death. I, I can believe that he is resurrected. I can believe that this has happened. He was, it's isn't it neat how God helps us. I loved Tony's uh, testimony. And I kept thinking that he would say, and that's what did it. But then he'd go, but that didn't, and I didn't do it. And I guess, and then, and my, that didn't do it. And I went in my closet and I cried and cried. And I was like, this is the one that's going to do it. And I, that didn't do it. But all of the miracles build and build and build. And, build. and that's what God does. He brings us along. He brings us along to where we can believe, we can believe, we can, to the place where he raises someone from the dead just so he doesn't he doesn't say so everybody be happy for Lazarus he says so that they'll believe in who I am it was never about Lazarus it was never about the blind man so he could see it was never about the food because it all got eaten all the people that he ever healed died Lazarus died again I think that's one of the saddest things ever that his family had to mourn over him twice can you imagine that? I think that's why Jesus cried. I think Jesus, it says in here that Jesus wept. I think Jesus hated to bring him back. I bet from the other side, he heard Jesus' voice, Lazarus, and he's like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to go. But he had to. He's like, man, I don't want to go through that again. It's nice here. I'm in paradise. Everything's I got to go back. And it never says what Lazarus saw or anything. And I don't, I wished it would have. I'd love for someone to sit down and pick Lazarus brain and said, what happened? What did you see? You know, but it doesn't show anything like that. But Jesus wept and he called, but he called Lazarus out. And you have to understand what, what was going on here. Jesus wants to show that through Lazarus, that Jesus can bring life back when everything seems lost and if he'd have came earlier he would have just simply healed Lazarus and someone would have probably said I mean you know how that is you know I mean I told you this morning I I, I believe God's healed my arm some of you in the back of your mind are thinking well it's been eight weeks it's probably going to be all right anyway I know that I understand that that's okay I understand you probably everybody thinks that Somebody would have said, oh, Lazarus, he probably wasn't that sick after all. He was probably going to get better no matter what. Jesus didn't really do nothing. But when someone dies and they've been in the grave for four days, it's hard to argue with that one. And you have to understand that, that when it says that, that Lazarus was in the, that he came out with the grave clothes on, I've read, I'm not, I'm not a, I don't know everything about these things, but they said that they would wrap them and they would put preservatives, salts, and perfumes and wrap them, put salts and perfumes and wrap that to where they were mummified is what it was. And they said around the head especially that there would be a large, and it said literally they could put nearly 20 pounds of stuff around the head. The difference between Jesus and Lazarus is Jesus comes up through all that stuff. He's got the glorified body. Lazarus still has the mortal body. Lazarus comes up and he's got all this stuff wrapped on him. I, I would think that he would nearly have suffocated by the time he gets out, you know. 
And, and Jesus is, is so awesome in this. I mean, even, even he, just, he just, the way he speaks, and uh, he speaks to the problem. And I, and I have to think that maybe some of the reason that we don't see more miracles today is that we won't speak it in prayer. Does that make sense? We might pray it silently, but we don't speak and say, okay, I believe God's going to do this. You know why? Because we're afraid. Jesus put everything, put all of his reputation on the line when he said, Lazarus, come out. Because if Lazarus hadn't come out, then Jesus is a fraud. I mean, and he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't say it to where like nobody can hear it. And you're like, come on, Lazarus, come on. Hey, there's Lazarus. I, you know, he says, Lazarus, come out. And I think maybe to some of our problems in our times of prayer, we need to say, hey, God, fix this. We need to put our reputation up next to God's and, and risk our reputation and pray some things out loud. And, and, and we need to, to, to risk uh, being made look foolish, trusting that God's going to change things. I think, I think we don't pray with enough, uh, with enough belief like, like Jesus. He, was, he just makes this outrageous claim and says, Lazarus, come out. He calls Lazarus out of the grave. And then a few weeks, a few days later, he walks out of his own grave. Isn't that something? Isn't that something what Jesus did? Jesus has the power to bring life back to dead things. And this morning we've talked about dead things. When you're, when you're caught in the grasp of addiction, you are dead to it. It, it, it moves you. It, it has control over you. And, and each one of these miracles that I talked about this morning that I had come up, I had come up for a reason. There's probably someone here this morning who's suffering from some sort of addiction. I, remember, I mean, I remember being with Alan and, and, and Alan and me would pray and, and, and he would say, Pastor, I just want to be done with this. But it held him. It had a hold of him. And, and one day, God came and changed that and spoke life into that and changed that forever. And I, I'll be honest with you. We were, we were standing at this altar, but it was over there. And Alan said, we got done. Alan said, I'm healed. I didn't believe it. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't believe it at first because I had seen how he had dealt with that. And God forgive me. I didn't believe it, but it was true. It was true. God speaks into uh, relationships that are dead. And I'm, I'm going to talk about you guys. Can I? Kale and Susan didn't like each other. I had Kale in my office one morning, and he goes, I don't know why we're even, he said, I don't even like her. And she was pretty much saying the same thing to my wife as I spoke. And I can remember praying, and I can remember with my wife, and we joined Joe and Sherry, I'm sure, and many others, 
praying, that was dead. You understand? Maybe somebody here this morning, your marriage, you would say is dead. I'm going to tell you, God spoke life back into that and changed it. And he does that. He speaks life where there's nothing but death. Life to people who are dead in their sin. Life where all hope is gone. There, there is no hope when something is dead, but yet God speaks life into that. And I want to ask you this morning, do you have something that you think is just hopeless? You've given up, you have an addiction, or you have no hope left in your marriage, or you have a, a relationship that's dead, or, or you have a, a situation that you think this is never going to be right, this is never going to be fixed, or maybe you yourself are dead in your sin. Some sin has, has a hold on you and, and you are dead to, you are, you're, you're spiritually dead and you're just walking around and you're just controlled by this sin. Jesus seeks to speak life into you this morning. He calls out to you and says, come, leave your sin behind. Come, have life, repent, ask for forgiveness, walk away from it. Lazarus didn't stay in the graveyard. He left. He got up and he left it. Some of you need to get up and leave what's holding you back. Some of you this morning have sin or have addiction or have whatever, and you need to, Jesus is calling out to you right now. You need to leave where you're at. There may be some friendships that you need to sever. There may be some relationships that are holding you back. There may be some addictions that are holding you back. And you need to leave that. Lazarus did not stay where he was. Or maybe you just need God to speak new life into something that you thought there was complete hopelessness. I want us to stand this morning. Lance, I want you to come. I don't know I don't know what's going on in your life today but you do The reason I had people come up here this morning was to speak encouragement into someone's heart this morning that may be traveling along the same road Some may have addictions or need healing or have problems with relationships or whatever it was. I, I tried to think, or maybe you think you're a hopeless case. If ever there was a hopeless case, it was Brooke's father. He was hopeless. And you think, God doesn't want me. I have done too much. And in the end, God reached down into the muck and pulled out probably the most hopeless person I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not meaning that bad, but I'm telling you, it was that way. It was that way. And maybe this morning you think, there's no hope for me. God wouldn't want to speak any life into me. He never gives up. He never gives up. If you need life spoken to your life this morning, Come and pray.
come and pray as we sing this morning.